broadcasting live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show, right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Good to be with you. Redemption Thursday. How about this? We start a Redemption Thursday after a Florida State basketball victory. Hey, might we turn the corner? That's kind of a miracle. It feels like one anyhow. Uh, Good to be with you, as always. Hope you're well. Matthew is here. Tom is here. We are ready to roll. I said at the uh, right before the holidays that one of the things we were going to do was make sure Redemption Thursday was uh, year-round. Year-round. So it is now, and that means it gets odd because I'll start betting hockey and college basketball, and guess what today? That's right. That's right, Matthew. Get your lineups in. The century gets started. The return of the PGA Tour. We've been known. We've been known. Bet your mortgage on Eric Cole, everybody, quickly. I actually do like Eric Cole, but uh, no, don't bet your mortgage on uh, Eric Cole. Anyhow, uh, that's uh, yeah. There's plenty to dive into. Although the NFL slate is bizarre, and you don't know what to do. You got to figure out who's playing, who's not playing. Feels like a bowl game. That's like a bowl game. Who's playing? Who's not playing? Who the hell knows? Tommy, how are you, baby? Man, I'm good. I'm mus- I'm muscling up for week 18 in my uh, my fantasy league. I know that everybody wants to hear How about are that. Are you in the still in the league? What is going on with that? This is the one that redrafts in the playoffs. Oh, okay. So you hit the waiver wire hard this week because a lot of teams do what Florida State did, but nobody complains about that, do they? Mm. Nobody complains about opting out when you've uh, clinched a division or, or uh, well, you've got you- yourself scared one way or the other. Well, they shouldn't complain about that. I mean, because their slot is it's sealed. It's it. So they're going to play it out in the playoffs, Tom. But you know what? You look in your teammates' eyes and you don't want to let them down. <laughs> oh, man. Well, listen, I'm hearing good news on a guy. Not so much good news on another guy. I'm I'm, I'm joining you on a Thursday a little concerned. Mm. I'm a little – I went from really feeling good to really getting concerned here. I've got, I've got issues with this staff and their recruitment, and I've always been able to kind of – assuage my concerns regarding recruiting with this staff by their ability to dominate. I mean, dominate the portal, but they're not dominating the portal. And we're not getting this uptick in great news that I'm anticipating on a regular basis. Like hours go by and you go, all right, I ought, uh, are we going to hear something here? It is disconcerting. Doesn't mean it's going to end that way. This has me slightly concerned. You know I'm concerned, Tom, when I'm texting you at 6 o'clock in the morning over a cup of joe about the nine players that Alabama had enter the portal. And I'm like, well, I don't mind if I do. That one, that one, that one, that one. I better start hearing that. And I'm kind of maybe hearing one. 
So let me guess. Uh, you're hearing bad things about the Purdue defensive end because he was supposed to be here today, and he's not. That is correct. That is, then, hey, man, that's a problem. Maybe you feel like there's a little something something coming Florida State's way in a few days. That I feel very good about. That is uh, exactly right. There is a little something something coming Florida State's way. That's fine. I'm just going to be brutally honest. I've been this way talking about this for a while. I don't care about the receiver or running back or defensive back that we get. I, it doesn't move the needle. I don't care. Now, I say that. That's kind of true. It's a half-truth. I mean, if it's an elite player who's going to be maybe a game-changing uh, player at, at defensive back or running back or something like that. You know, like last year when we found out Keon Coleman was a possibility, I got very excited because I knew who Keon Coleman was and I'd seen what he'd done without really anything at quarterback at Michigan State. And I'm like, man, if he comes here with Jordan Travis and you put him on the opposite side of Johnny Wilson, there's going to be something to celebrate. Okay, now all of a sudden we become a real problem for defenses. So you could see the path to that being an immediate impact and I did get excited when I found out he was interested. But for the most part, unless it's something like that, no, man. I, talk to me about offensive and defensive lines and linebackers. Linebackers. Now, the game's changed a lot. It's no longer the sort of uh, put a guy that can go sideline to sideline right there in the middle of the defense, and you've got a game. You know, that's not the way it is anymore. You've got to be able to coverage. Uh, to cover, excuse me. you got to be able to cover. The game's changed. Um, and, and now, so let's just – I know it's changed some, but you still got to have some of these guys, and we just don't right now. So um, it's a little frustrating. It is a little frustrating. We'll see. We'll see what's going to happen. It should be frustrating because if you're not going to bring in a haul in your recruiting class, then the assumption – not the hope, but the assumption is that you're going to do what you've done the last couple of years, which is do a lot of heavy lifting in the portal. Yeah, that's and exactly what it is. Yes. And for right now, that assumption is not is not holding true and holding firm. Now, there's about a week left. Somebody asked in the chat on Warchant TV before the show started, when's the last day of ad drop? Like, when when is the last day? <laughs> it's, a, it's a week from now. It's January yeah. 11th. But that's the last day that you can be admitted without a dean's permission. And I'm sure that uh, there'd be several deans at this university who would give ample permission for young men who could help us win football games arrive on campus on the 15th or the 20th. Yeah. But working with that with about a week. That's the true time frame here. You got about a week. Well, you know, let's just say it that that whole thing we talked about this already. Uh the fact that there was, you know, kind of a it cast a pall uh what happened with the postseason. I'm starting from the snub to the end. And you knew some of it. I mean, these are all different discussions and different talking points, but you knew that some of it had an adverse effect and we'd have to wait and see, you know, just how significant it is. But I've also asked the question about, you know, having to self scout and look in the mirror and kind of figure out some things about moving forward and what we were wondering about and what would Mike do and which coaches were going to stay on the staff, if there would be changes or not, all those things. And, um, you know, when you when you look at it that way, you're waiting for news. A lot of people early on were waiting for some sort of significant news. And the first thing that happened was we found out that we got Marvin Jones Jr. And I got really excited. And we were like, okay, well, that, that's here. This is the start of what might be several high points uh, in the portal where you start saying, got this guy, this guy, and this guy. Here we go. You can see the path to replenishing some of the holes on the roster. 
but then it kind of came to a screeching halt. Not kind of, it did. It came to a screeching halt. And then you thought, all right, well, that's okay. They still have time, and they do. But it's kind of crickets. Feels a little crickety. And that has me concerned about a hangover, a leftover effect from all that happened from the end of the season to right now. Yeah, one of the key places to look would be at defensive end specifically because Edmund put his name in the transfer portal on the way out. Now, I don't know if he's officially in there or not, but, I mean, that seems like you have an export market addition right there. On the defensive interior side of things, if you retain your players, you're in a pretty good place right here right now. So if you get Farmer back and Jackson back, let's say Malcolm Ray sticks around, okay, that's a good one, two, three with uh, Daniel Lyons. Maybe Dennis Briggs gets another year, second year of KJ Sampson. Like, that's not bad. Uh, I'm not saying that that's world beater level like we were this past season, but that you can work with that. But if what you're working with a defensive end is Patrick Payton, Marvin Jones Jr., Byron Turner, Jaden Jones, Lamont Green. No, you, no there's got to be more work done there at defensive end. They know that. The coaching staff knows that. So they'll bring in more kids and more candidates. But we were thinking that maybe this Purdue thing could be something close to a slam dunk. And unfortunately, it looks like you might not get that Jared Verse type impact player out of the portal like we've gotten the last two times. We really had to have a guy like that. Well, everybody knows that at some point that well will run dry. You can't live and die by the portal. You can use it as a supplement to really good recruiting and, and building. And so we have, and we've done a really good job with that. And I suspect they still will. I'm not mashing the panic button right now, but I am concerned. I am The, the concerns are growing is a better way of kind of gauging where we're at right now. It seems it's a little frustrating. Um, some things we thought would already have happened have not happened. Um, so the timeline isn't exactly where I'd like it to be. Now, again, listen. It's not, you know, it's it's funny because you think you'd have the news to be able to come on and talk about up to this point. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I could talk about the NFL. I could talk about college football. I could talk about a lot of different things we do anyhow on this show. Um, but as it, it, as it pertains to what, uh, those concerns that we laid bare before the bowl game and then, of course, after, uh, you, you, you do hope to see some movement in that area, and that includes on this coaching staff. And uh, we're seeing none of that right now. So I, I think there is this fear. I, I know Corey has it when we talk on headlines that the program will take a huge step back next year, right? And if that's in the back, back of your mind, that the program's going to take a huge step back and you don't see any action, you don't see any movement, you start getting very concerned. But I'm, I'm always kind of reminding myself, and thus you guys, everybody's roster is fair game and we're at a place and and it's not just one by the way it's not just one stretch where you can look into the portal there's another round of this there's a whole another round of portal now again you don't want to miss out on the prized possessions of the portal and the best players if they go somewhere else but all is not lost if it doesn't work out the way you want there are a lot of names that aren't in the portal currently that may end up that way and everybody's trying to roster tamper with everybody else's roster. It is a grand free-for-all. And I hope we are leading the charge of those tampering with it other rosters. It would be a dereliction of duty if we weren't. The problem is, you would think, and this is where perhaps there is even more of a legacy, like you're hinting at, of the snub. But you would think a 13-0 and season would ha- see you in a position of turning kids away 
and in a position of absolute well, that power. Was the, that was the conversation, Tom. It really was. Well, it's between that and your reputation in the portal. So, like, your badasses in the portal, you get kids paid, you develop them from that level at 20, 21 years old, and you, and you elevate them, and then you win 19 in a row. Like, okay, that's a great one-two punch to bring into a living room or to have a kid come on campus and talk about. But it feels more like we went 10-2 and two and maybe won the ACC championship game. Just the feeling. Now, that's intangible, and it can change with a couple of yeses. And it's not like they're completely empty-handed. We just talked yesterday about how DJU helps stabilize things, certainly on offense, if you're looking for transfer of power among the quarterbacks over the next couple of years. That's all well and good. But it feels like we're doing just okay. And, man, you thought 13-0 and at that moment, that night in Charlotte, it was the beginning of this exponential rise in all ranks, recruiting, transfer portal, et cetera. Yeah, I, I think because, uncharacteristically, uh, we have started as slow as we have, there are a lot of people very concerned, and rightfully so, because of the hangover we're describing. And I thought, like you just apt described, that Florida State would be at a place of pushing people away. I think the exhibition is obvious to uh, other people, to us, to, to, to those know, that know what that was, but maybe not to these kids. And you were worried about that. You were worried about the impact of something like that. We all were. And now you you don't know that that's the reason, but it kind of feels like it had an impact. And we'll wait and see now what happens from here. I, I just – I was hoping that uh, the kind of texts and, you know, exchanges that we would get behind the scenes and using sources would be that of, oh, man, they've got their choice of this linebacker, this wide receiver, this lineman, this defensive tackle. And that's really not what's happening. That's not what's happening. They still have prospects. They still have guys. They have people they're excited about, and they're not eliminated um, from getting. It's just not – we're not having to push people away. That, that, yeah, that's what we're saying here. We're not having to push people away. Now we're getting concerned because what the, the opposite of that is that you're settling. The opposite, yeah, well, the opposite of pushing people away is, well, I'm going to have to settle with, for some guys here. I don't want to lose sight of what they've done. Like, this is the hard part of these conversations because they operate in different rooms in a building almost. Like, in the one room, you're like, 13 and oh, my God, ACC champions this quick? Well done. And then you walk into the next room and you're saying, what good is 13 and oh if we're not capitalizing on 13 and oh? You know, except in the college football hierarchy, if you're talking about a staff, these are the same people. (laughs) They've got two roles. One is to develop and put together game plans and, and execute on Saturdays. And then the other is to go into the living room and close. It's not a critical mass, which, it, again, I, I'm hearing myself, and this is probably where you were just a few minutes ago. It's not panic time. It's just guys were depending on the portal. So you got to make the portal count. Yeah, man. And I, I, I worry about it. I just worry because that never seemed like something you could do year over year over year. And – we have been able to do it, but I also think that that was born from a different place. We were able to do it because we had a lot of slots to fill. We were still climbing, and he was rapidly getting this program turned around, and you could really you could just go unbridled into the portal and be like, get this guy, get this guy, take a chance on this guy. Our roster is so bad. The talent floor was so low. You really could just – Throw it out there. And and you're not in that same place anymore, and you're also dealing with a different set of expectations on the heels of a 13-0 season, and you're trying to sustain excellence. You don't want to go back, and you feel like maybe 
there's a couple of things at play that would make that happen. Now, I have said just by virtue of what they were losing, like start start with Jordan Travis. Start with the quarterback that had so many reps and so much time in this system and was a, a it turned into a very good leader because of that, right? He was a guy that everybody could turn to. So when you lose a guy like that at the most important position on the field, you're going to take a step back. You know, you're not going to find another Jordan Travis out there that's just going to come right in and and take the reins and understand the offense to the extent that he did and have that connection with his teammates. You're not going to find it. And, and DJ could come in and be a great bridge. Hopefully he will. If you get the best version of him, he's good on game day. But it's not the same as Jordan Travis. It's just not. So when you do that and you go through several of the positions – you know, whether it's Johnny Wilson or it's Keon Coleman or whomever you want to look at in that situation, Jared Verse, obviously, you, you realize that, okay, well, the expectations will have to be tempered a little bit, but you don't want it to be a 13-0 and followed by a 7-5. and So you're just somewhere in there trying to figure out, well, how do we make this another run within the conference championship? Like, do we get back to the ACC? You have Clemson at home next year. Yeah, and that conference schedule isn't so bad either. I mean, if you look at the the destinations of the games, uh, the sequencing um, will be determined. But, I mean, I think it's going to be a fairly favorable schedule, 1 through 12, to get back to the ACC championship game, which is this year with a 12-team playoff, it, it changes the math. Like, if this was another four-year – or, sorry, four-team playoff year, I'd say, man, that's out. That, that's a bridge too far, but you can win the conference. Like, that would be my expectation right now. Now it changes because if you win the conference, the playoff is here. I, I think the trepidation in my voice, I know where it comes from. It is the replenishment. It is the reminder of the Orange Bowl. It is the lesson from the Orange Bowl that, hey, man, beyond this next year of retention and work that you do in the portal, I don't know where the reinforcements are coming up front in the trenches. Like you've got a few answers on offensive line and defensive line, but it's not like you've got a bevy of answers and then you fortified the ranks the proper way. Like it, last year, I think we said you might need one more year of the portal. You're going to need another year of the portal next year. No matter what happens this year for that defensive front, you're going to have to hit the portal super hard because I don't think you've got four options that are ready to replace Patrick Payton. Daryl Jackson, Josh Farmer, let's say Jones has a great year. All right, you retain him. So best case, you got to replace three dudes, three starters next year. I don't know that those are internal options that are going to rise to the place of starter from our 22 or 23 recruiting classes. In fact, I assume that that's probably not going to be the case. Go out and solve some of your problems by bringing in an offensive lineman like Terrence Ferguson from Alabama who declared to go into the portal. You have a center from Alabama who's in the portal as well and started every game last year. And I know he was responsible for a couple bad snaps against Michigan. I don't care about that. Uh, he's played for four years at Alabama. He could probably help you out here. We're always lamenting the fact that we don't have a center or a backup center or whatever it might be, but we don't have another guy that you feel really good about. Well, that guy would probably – not only start for you, but if he didn't, he would be a worthy backup at this point. So there are plenty of other guys, right, that you could look at and say, they're out there right now. We should be making uh, inroads with those guys. It doesn't feel like we are. The Purdue kid is is off the board now. He's at Texas A&M. He's left us. And so, um, you know, the frustration continues to mount. And that one, that one bothers you because the initial reports were that that kid was excited about visiting Tallahassee. I understand A&M is right by where he grew up. Wanted to stay close to home. Perhaps that's the reason. But he was excited about Florida State. And why wouldn't you be if you were a defensive end and you had an opportunity to go visit Florida State 
given what Florida State's done with the last three defensive ends that they've brought in, well, several of the defensive ends they brought in. Gilbert Edmond is now in the portal, by the way. Good. Thank goodness that spot clears up. He was terrible. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hello there podcasters oh don't worry i won't prattle on for two minutes like i do with some of the other reads zaxby's doesn't demand it of me <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips. We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a Beer Giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Hey, good news. I was kind of shocked by the uh, fact that it was an early departure. I didn't I didn't believe the headline I read this morning is that Will Shipley has left Clemson early to enter the NFL draft. And I went, early? What the hell are you talking about, early? That dude's been running the ball at Clemson since Willie Taggart was here. Good Christ, I remember Will Shipley breaking tackles against Rodney Gowan and Derek Nicholson. I was like, didn't he truck Derek one day? I mean, I was like, this guy's never going to leave. And he's leaving early? That Did you feel the same way? Tom, did you think that that was an early departure? I feel like Will Shipley's been playing football at Clemson since I had hair. Um, it kind of is true. Uh, I thought he was maybe he had one year left because of COVID. Like we're starting to get to the other side of that. where not everybody has the magical COVID year. Not everybody has an eighth year of eligibility. Yeah. When he went down initially in the bowl game, I thought, Oh dear God, here comes another year of Will Shipley. And um, thankfully uh, we talked about that this morning on the phone. Thankfully the uh, medical report said he dodged major damage. And so therefore the groundwork was laid for him to be gone. But yeah, 
Thankfully, we got a win over him before his career was over um, because we would have been uh, 0-10. Yeah, they're fine at running back. Um, they have, uh, they've got plenty of talent at the position. I'm not talking about it from the standpoint, oh, we're out of the woods, there's no more. You know, they've got talent, but I feel like Will Shipley had been playing football at Clemson forever in a day. They list him at 5'11", 210, and I was thinking, yeah, but you're not accounting for the pot belly, all the weight he puts on with those afternoon beers while he mows the lawn, gets set to pay the mortgage. I mean, my guy has been playing football a long time at Clemson, so good riddance. It's good to hear that news. Uh, The other note was that Brian Kelly at LSU is moving on from four assistant coaches. And I'm not going to lie, I really hope to read a similar headline at FSU. But, alas, it's not going to happen. But Kelly's not having it. By the way, LSU begins the 2024 season against USC in the uh, Vegas kickoff classic. And I thought, can we pound the over right now? What's that number, 107 between LSU and USC in the September 1st Vegas playoff classic? And what a cool roadie for the fine folks at uh, in Baton Rouge to go out to Vegas for their first game. I know we're going to Ireland, and it's tough to top that, of course. But if you're staying stateside, opening the season in Las Vegas wouldn't suck. My God, what a way to start the heavy season. It's not a bad way to start the heavy season. I like ours better. Oh, Ireland, if, Ireland's a better, but I'm saying if you're staying in the States. If you're staying in the States, I'm sure they're damn tired at LSU of these openers. I mean, they've had us back-to-back years and, you know, as down as Florida State was, that was the way they talked about us two seasons ago. We beat their ass. It was a bad fourth quarter, but we really took it to them that game. Did it again this year. They're probably tired of being 0-1 at LSU, but that's uh, it's potentially something that could happen. Yeah, but I think they probably feel pretty good about it. I, I, it's it's not like you're playing Florida State. You're playing Southern Cal. They're not in the same league as Florida State. Uh, Southern Cal doesn't belong on the field with Florida State. So LSU's like, man, thank goodness we've got a reprieve. We don't have to play a juggernaut like Florida State that just ragdolled our ass all over the field for seven of the eight quarters. This is This is going to be good. We've got this wussified defensive effort from USC every year that gives up 40 points a game. We can do this. And they've got a legitimate quarterback following up on the heels of Jaden Daniels. So because of what Brian Kelly did, I took a look at the news wires from uh, the Woodson to Sertan change just Mm -hmm. to see when Coach Woodson voluntarily took (laughs) the Arkansas job. Yes, yes. And uh, without any great opportunity at Arkansas, yes without any provocation whatsoever, just said, you know what? I think Arkansas is an upgrade for me. Mm. And that was January 2nd, mm-hmm. January 2nd on the calendar. So yeah. if news would be coming in that realm, it well, would be coming imminently. Well, that's a, that's yes, Tom, this is our concern, dude. This is, this is where I am currently sitting with the, all right. I think we've got a lot of evidence that perhaps, we need to shake a few things up, even in the wake of a 13-0 and season. Uh, yeah, cleaning house is what some people would call Brian Kelly's move, by the way. Now, defensive coordinator and linebackers coach Matt House was the first to get fired. My man didn't have to come into the office to get the news. He had already moved. He knew damn well. Imagine you're at LSU and you're the defensive coordinator and linebackers coach for a team that can't stop air. There's no there's this is like that my man knew he was done. 
Safeties coach Kerry Cooks fired. Cornerbacks coach Robert Steeples fired. Defensive line coach Jimmy Lindsey fired. That defensive staff had to feel that coming. It'll be interesting, to say the least, to see if Mike Norvell moves on from a single member of his coaching staff. It is hard to do it after going 13-0. and And you have to make tough decisions after a season in which you, you accomplished all your goals and one was stolen, so you didn't get the opportunity to complete the task, but you did everything you could do, everything you could possibly do. That doesn't mean that you can sit idly by or remain idle and expect something similar to occur next year. You've got to continue to assess and really look into the guys that are maybe dead weight in the world of recruiting. Uh, if you're a, if you're a coach that doesn't bring in talent that struggles in the world of recruiting, and we don't see great strides being made in terms of development at certain positions, then a jaundice eye is cast and questions are asked, and that's what I'm doing now. You can disagree with me, Mike might, but I think it's worth watching closely to see if anything in the next 48 hours happens. I thought we might get. I think you asked me by the way one time in one of the red zones that we did, Artisan Financial Services, where, where you asked me, um, would what was it, over over under one and a half? Uh, no, I think it was a 0.5. Yeah, so yeah. I was telling you, it, will there be one? Yeah. Yeah, I would think there would need to be one. Um, they, they are struggling to win contested battles in recruiting on the defensive side of the ball. And, and for, for the creme de la creme, now it can't carry over into the portal battles would be the yeah. point, right? That's the thing. You, you you know, it's frustrating, but you can lose a couple battles in high school recruiting as you're on the come up, but you can't lose these portal battles. You haven't lost these portal battles in the past. And if you do now, then we're going to have a different conversation and a different tenor. Well, that's the thing about high school kids and, and the amount of resources you would have to deploy to land some of those five-star pluses, as on three calls them. You know, do you want to do that for an unproven player that they might walk into your locker room and into your culture and be one of your top five most compensated players? And what does that do to the dynamic of your locker room? Because that might be what it takes to fend off an Auburn or a Georgia or a desperate Miami, something along those lines. That might be the kind of amount it takes. And that's where they would place. So in last year's roster, you know, maybe Jordan Travis and Jared Verse and Trey Benson are doing better than this stud, you know, five-star. But maybe nobody else. Like, that could be problematic. So would you rather spend your resources on a proven player in the portal or in retention or on that 17- or 18-year-old who's not proven? To me, I, I would rather spend a lot of money for the big-time players on the portal, but you can't lose them because – when you get to portal time, you've already been through high school time. So you know what you need to have and, and what you do not have. And that's where the, there's an urgency to this. And it feels like, while well, again, Florida State has done some good things in the portal this year. They were badasses last year. They were badasses the year before that. We'll see. There's more time, but there's an urgency to, to these decisions and, and for this window. Because if you can get some more guys in here for spring, there's a lot more reps to be had. Last year, if you brought somebody in who was a redshirt sophomore, perhaps, man, it'd be tough to climb up that too deep. This year, there's a ton of opportunity in spring to get a lot of work, maybe with the ones. 
I'll answer James's question. He says, well, Kelly lost three games. Why should Norvell fire some staff members? Well, sometimes you win games in spite of certain individuals on your staff. Uh, sometimes you win games and overcome weaknesses within your staff, and you have to still assess to try to grow and be better even in the wake of excellence because you're trying for perfection. Obviously, it's an unattainable goal for the most part, uh, but you're also trying to be the best version of what you can be. And Florida State is still climbing in spite of a 13-0 and season. Florida State still has a ways to go, in my estimation, uh, in, in, in terms of stockpiling, uh, you know, national championship contending uh, talent uh, on an annual basis. Like, I think that they did an amazing job, and it put them ahead of schedule, of filling the holes on their roster with the right mix of portal players and then development. Obviously, see Jordan Travis's development. That's an amazing turnaround from what he was to what he became. Uh, and then in other areas, you could just look where they filled holes in the portal. But certain guys, all the while that this was happening, uh, were not pulling their weight in the world of recruiting. And in some of those guys, I would dare say, didn't pull their weight in recruiting nor development. And those are guys that I personally would have to target and think, can I do better? Now, whenever you say, and, and by you I mean me, that somebody should be fired, obvious, or that you would look another direction, obviously you've got to have somebody else in mind. But that's Mike's job. I and mean, that's Mike's job is to have other people in mind for these spots that he think could fill that role and do a better job than what he has on his staff. If he answers the question that it needs to be done but he doesn't have a viable replacement, then he can't do it. But you see, this is the time of the year, and this is why we're talking about it right now. It's the time of the year where these changes are made. You know, it doesn't do me any good to start, you know, talking about this in June. This is now is when you talk about that these changes would happen. Well, in terms of that, I think it's important to note that while Florida State's reputation might have taken a hit and certainly did in the high school ranks and maybe even in the transfer portal for being a so-called power five team that was left out of the college football playoff, the first of its kind. The reputation for uh, Florida State as a, as a pipeline for coaches for advancement to make more money to better their career, that's untouchably good right now for Mike Norvell. That's untouchably good. Yes. It was before 13-0. and It was already that way. His reputation in the industry is sterling in terms of advancement and opportunity, and then the proof is in the pudding, where many assistant coaches and coordinators under his leadership have landed other jobs and more money. So, you know, I think – if you're talking about it from a perspective of does anybody want to come to Florida state that could replace an assistant coach? I'm sure there's a long list of very qualified. Absolutely. Yeah. I, that's the other reason that I don't even entertain the idea that it couldn't be done. You know, I, I know that it has to be, I know that he has to look at his options and see that he likes one over the other. And if it's not there, then he can't do it. But that's just talking about process. That doesn't mean that I don't think they're out there. They're, they're out there. And uh, I, I'm just interested to see if Mike sees it the way that we see it. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he turns out to be right, and we'll have egg on our face, and we'll talk about it when it happens. If it doesn't, I'll also talk about it. That uh, You can be sure of that. And, and we're seeing right now some things that make you concerned. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hey, Seminoles, we all know how important it is to score in the red zone, but are you prepared for success in the retirement red zone? Five years leading up to your retirement date and the immediate five years after are a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family. And our friend and fellow Noel, Adam Tolliver, and his team at Artisan Financial Strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us, well, we're at midfield and want to plan ahead. Others are ready to punch it in on the goal line. 
Whether making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money, protecting yourself and your family against rising health care costs, or carefully planning your legacy, the Artisan team brings a combined 30-plus years of planning experience and world-class resources to help you navigate the way. For more information, just head over to KnollRetirement.com. Now, that's one word, KnollRetirement.com. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network. Check out WarChant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's WarChant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. One more. mention of it i should get back to talking about it because uh it doesn't happen all that often but florida state won a basketball game and here's the reason i'm going to talk about it i understand it moves very little on the needle um we're not going to see a lot of this right um with florida state basketball talk Uh, so just a, a cursory glance but uh i do think they're they're moving in a direction where we may see some more consistent play we could use it. The team hasn't been good. They did kind of manhandle Georgia Tech last night. Uh, they bothered to play a little bit of defense right from the get-go. Uh, they had a 32-19 to halftime lead. And in addition to that, he held Georgia Tech to 26% shooting in that first half. Uh, over the first 20 minutes of play, teams have been hitting threes all over Florida State uh, all season long. Georgia Tech was one of 14 in the first half. Uh, Florida State ended up extending the margin to 17 points with about 17 minutes to play in the game. Um, You could really see where Florida State uh, was in control of this basketball game, and they had 12 healthy, available scholarship players, uh, all of whom scored. Chandler Jackson had a career high in 14 points on 5 of 7 shooting. Um, They've got him – you know, he's able to play the two – and Primo Spears is being the the guy that um, is the playmaker off the bench. You saw a little bit more out of Baba Miller. Uh, I mean, look, I don't think this is going to be a great season, but there's hope now that you're in conference play and you get this win. You start to see more consistent play. Maybe it is worth mentioning here. I'm rooting for Ham, obviously. Uh, the next game is Florida State at the TLC C against Virginia Tech. Saturday at 4 o'clock. Um, this is not as good a Virginia Tech team as it has been in years past. Um, they have pretty good guard play, and we've been torched by their good guards, uh, that, that the Padula kid and the Couture kid. Uh, so Florida State is, in order to avoid, um, you know, a disastrous season and maybe make the ding-ding, I dare say, uh, they got to win all these home games against mediocre to average ACC teams that they're going to face and maybe scrape together a couple of road wins, and um, that's the best they're going to be able to hope for. Uh, fall into a top 80 net ranking, and you get your NIT bid. I, I, I know, Tom, I can hear it, right? Everybody changing the channel, but it's it's worth mentioning that I think they've kind of figured out the rotation. Yeah, it's within range to have a surprising result or two between now and the end of the year. Um, some years uh, when it's really lean in the last 15 seasons under coach ham, like it's impossible to register a win over a top 10 or top 15 team. I'm here to tell you that this, this group could, yeah, but they're going to, they're going to drive you mad in between. So it's just about what days do they summon 
whatever <sighs> extra they have. Yeah, and- less mad right now, though. I think they found something. I think they're going to play this group the way that they did. I think he's finally figured out the rotation. The other thing is health. They finally got healthy. They didn't have everybody healthy. I'm not making excuses. I don't think they're a great team. You can't lose it at home to Lipscomb and have me you know, say you're a great team. You're not. Uh, and that's not a one-off. I mean, here they sit, what, a game above 500. So it's not like they've been out here you know, kicking ass. Uh, they haven't. But I do think there's a chance that this season doesn't go completely haywire the way it has the last couple of years, you know, which has been it's just been sad to watch. It's uh it's the strangest damn thing in the world. I was uh was talking to somebody yesterday and they said, you know, I'm still in the dumps about the situation with Florida State. And it got me wondering about everything that happened, uh in and how long that will have an effect on this program, or at least the fan base's mood, right? The psyche of this fan base. But I thought the other reason for it was that a lot of times, okay, as you transition and you try to move on, the season's over, good, let's get into uh, the portal, find out what we're able to attain there. We start projecting out. We look at, uh, obviously, yesterday we had uh, Michael on to talk about uh, the lawsuit, and there are other topics. Then you get into the NFL playoffs coming up. Hey, by the way, pitchers and catchers report in less than 60 days, everybody. Woohoo! It's happening soon, right? Golf season's getting underway. These are all things that excite me. But under the umbrella of Florida State, I realized when you want to move on at Florida State from football and the disappointment of having been robbed by the committee. Well, you can't run into the arms of Florida State basketball right now. That ain't going to do you any good. And, oh, by the way, the Florida State baseball team sucked to high heaven last year. And so all of a sudden it hits you. If you're just talking about the big three, you ought to have a lot more pep in your step after going 13-0 and than you do. But 13-0 and turned into somehow, not Florida State's fault, bitter disappointment only to be followed by nowhere to turn. Yeah, it was only a few short years ago, I guess it'll be four this March, that you had a team that could have won the whole thing, you know, for basketball. And you were kind of just powering through football to get to basketball, and you were, you know, longingly running into the arms of, of basketball. And it might have been November of football season. <laughs> saying, Come on, <laughs> let's get it going. And the TLC double C delivered every time for about a three, four-year stretch there. Every time you went win or lose, they won most of the time, but it delivered. It was always yeah. an awesome experience. It was tearing apart at the seams for several of those games. The overtime streak that Florida State has had so many of those wins were at the TLC double C. Yeah. It could be a Saturday afternoon at two and you just couldn't wait. You're up at 9 a.m. saying, let's tip this thing off, baby. And now in this iteration of what Florida State is doing, I'm saying, you know, I'm tired of the transfer portal windows. But I'm glad we have the transfer portal windows because this is all that matters right now is empire building for, for Mike Norvell. And the whole thing is, is some of the building crumbling faster than you can reassemble it? And that's the feeling for, for football. Just for 2024, I think long-term they project just fine, but that's what the fascination is right now. It's not, hey, man, can Florida State get to 12 ACC wins, 14 ACC wins if the ball bounces right? It's like, no. How many times can they surprise you on a random uh, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday night where you say, okay, there you go, Florida State. I'm hoping for two more times before the season's out. Other than that, there's going to be several losses where you just you can barely watch. It's Empire Building was a good descriptor, Tom, that you used there. I think that's the better way to kind of – that's the jumping off point for our conversations. I think some people, if you're a casual, and I'm not 
chiding anybody or talking down to anybody. A lot of people listening right now know what I'm about to say to be true, but not everybody does. So it's worth clarifying. Some people would look at 13-0 and 0 and say, what's with the criticism? I, I don't understand how there can be criticism. But when you are operating uh, in it towards being a dominant national championship caliber and or national championship winning program, there's always work to be done. You're either sustaining something or you're moving towards something, right? You're, you're, you're going to have to continue. It's, a, it's the hardest thing in the world. But I have those expectations for Florida State. I think Mike Norvell does too. Like I, This isn't Boise. You're not at Wake. You're not at these places where that is not an obtainable goal. In those places, you would certainly not say a word after going 13-0. and 0. Not a word of criticism could be lobbed at schools that have virtually no shot to ever win a national championship. You would, you would only, you would just relish the idea that you went to a bowl. Uh, you know, that that's, those are those programs. That's not this program. This program seeks to be the best in all of college football. Now that's, it's a lofty goal. It's a really hard thing to achieve. It's done it a few times and it's rather short history. Florida State has been the best program in college football. I'm not talking about a singular year. I'm talking about sustained excellence. Florida State has been that before, multiple times, as have, and we know the legendary programs, right? That's We're amongst those. Some have achieved more. I'm not saying we're the best of all time. Of course not. But we're in those conversations. And if that is where you're trying to go, then you don't just see 13-0 and and say, oh, well, all's good. Everything's all right. No, you say, good. Man, are we ahead of schedule. You keep context in mind. You certainly recognize that you were a bottom feeder, sub-500 program a few years back. So you know from whence you came. You realize that Florida State is much better off in a more rapid time period than you ever thought possible if you put yourself in the place of the 5-7 and seven team and you viewing said 5-7 and seven team, right? Like the way you looked at what was possible then to where you are now has shifted dramatically. And almost all of that is incredibly positive. But you're not done, and he's not done. And there's a lot of work to be done to not take a big step backwards. So when you hear these criticisms, either from me or others, about Florida State and what still needs to be done, the work that still needs to be done, we're talking about getting to that place, that elite, rarefied air of being the best team in college football. That's what you're striving for. Easier said than done. Most people can't sustain it. Hell, yeah, Alabama can't even sustain it right now, right? So it's tough to do. Georgia is atop that mountain. Um, and even though they didn't make the college football playoff this year, we would recognize their run over the last several years as the best in college football, right? Back-to-back national titles. They lost only a game this year. Certainly it's a worthy argument that Georgia is one of the four best teams in the country this year. That's what they are. We know they're going to be really good again next year, et cetera. That's where you're trying to get to. And Florida State will not attain that, will not get to that place, will not take another step towards that place if they don't do really well in the portal, and fill the holes uh, in the areas and segment groups that we've described and won't ever attain that and get back to that place if they're not self-scouting, if they're not looking in the mirror and asking themselves, what can we be doing better? How do we arrive there? It may not be to fire this coach or fire that coach. I'm not Mr. Fire Everybody. But for, uh, for others, it might be. For others, it's worth talking about for others it's worth having a conversation especially when the evidence takes you to that place now i've got a minute to get this in but i'll try to you know the question has come up a lot of when can florida state expect to be a title contender again because they were this year 
but when's the next chance? And I know the couched answer would be 2025. They don't have enough in the front seven. They might not have enough at offensive line, but they definitely don't have enough in in the front seven to be a contender two seasons from now. Mm -mm. And that, to me, is the best way to explain the gap in, in what needs to be done with the program and what isn't getting done with the program. The portal is the only way they can contend in 2025 with the front seven because they don't have enough from the high school ranks. And why is that? We all know the answer. Yeah. People don't like having that conversation. It's Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. 